podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Oh, yeah, that's a whorehouse on the hill. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's going to want to be up in that shorts. I mean, I guess the best way to always start is awkwardly. And um, so hi, everyone. Welcome to Two Hosts from Delco uh, with myself, Beth Heinley, and Maureen Cummings. We are we are from Delaware County. Say hi, Maureen. Hi, Maureen. Maureen. Maureen's on the phone uh, this week because, you know, we really can't um, meet up every two weeks, like, in person because we have, like, really busy lives and stuff like that. Uh, we're old, we're adults, we're in our late 30s. Even though both of us are childless, we still can't find time to get together because that's just what happens at this age. When we're old, mm-hmm. and you live in your secluded forest retreat, yeah. I'll come visit you once a year. Yeah, you should definitely plan on coming to my forest retreat. Absolutely. Once. Yeah, just, well, once a year. It's probably going to be, like, once every, like, four years or something. Four, I would say. I was going to say five, but I think that's, like, too long. Yeah, it'll be, like, a sabbatical years. Is that? <laughs> yes. Is that yeah, every four years? Um, anyway. I have no idea. You don't, yeah, I don't know either. Uh I wanted to uh, introduce a new section of the podcast that we're going to do at the beginning, um, and I'm going to do that introduction actually right now. It's happening. It's happening right now. Um, and I wanted to do an apology section where you and I apologize for some of the things that we've said in the previous podcast that might have offended people, um, because you know when we talk candidly with each other, we might you know, say things, uh, and obviously you and I have pretty great childless lives, you know, so we, uh-huh. yeah, it's really, uh-huh. it's really great, um, not having children, and, but because of that, really, yeah. it's expensive and takes up a lot a of lot time, more freedom. A lot more freedom. yeah, we have a lot more freedom, um, to, yeah. like, not travel and stuff, and, Right, so that allots us a lot of privilege, so we say things that are offensive sometimes, and we should um, reflect on that and apologize for it, I think, you know? Yeah, so this is our one apology for everything we ever say. Uh, no, we should specifically get into it. I mean, so the a few things that um, I thought we should apologize for was uh, in our About episode, I said... Um, that Catholic school was like being in prison. And that's really not cool for me to say because I've actually never been to prison and I don't know yeah, what that's true. Yeah, I don't know what prison's like. Um so that's I've in- heard stories and it's not like the T V stories where it's all like a lot of like, you know, homosexuality and stuff. It's not like that. But it just sucks. It's it's isolating. It's you don't get that great of care. Yeah. Um, I, white privilege, have nothing else to say about it because I've only heard people that I know who have gone to jail and it's like white people. That's not true. What? Prisons not full of white people? Probably pretty, pretty like rough. I've been in 
Oh, yeah. Different than one time. Oh, I see. I'm like a talk. Oh. What did you give a yeah, talk for? Um, just like helping like rebuild your life after hard times, basically. And, um, yeah, it was. So, wait, you've never time, been like, to prison and you went to prison to talk about how yeah, to recover from hard times. Isn't that ironic? I know. I felt really fucking stupid talking to these women. And there were like four of them. Because um, I guess like they could choose whether or not they wanted to come. So it was like in this room that was kind of like a classroom. And it was like probably four women. So I'm like giving this like speech. I'm thinking I'm going to give a speech to like a room of women. And uh-huh. it's like these like four fucking women. And um, yeah, I'm telling them. Right, exactly. How to how to rebuild things after hard times. After I've never been. What there. was uh? What were their faces like? The expressions on their faces during your talk. They were actually cool. They were oh. actually great. And I think the purpose of it was like talking about like no matter what your life circumstances, we all have similar struggles and feelings. Well, it's easy for you to say you've never been to prison. Fucking right. I don't know, but the girls that were in prison were still very cool about it. Oh, that's nice. They weren't like, fuck you, bitch, you've never been in prison. Like, they were like, oh, I feel like I can relate to that, like, when you were growing up or whatever. I mm-hmm. mean, like, now, yeah. So, people in prison actually related to you. So, four women, yeah. if anything, um, if anyone could speak to about prison, then it would be you. And um, maybe we shouldn't yeah, apologize. Too, you mean? I'm on too. Yeah, because. <laughs> Well, I never... Okay, so I'm sorry. You can say that being in Catholic school is like being in prison, but I cannot no, I say either. it. Oh, you can't either. I've never been in... Okay. I've never been held in prison. All right, well, fine. There's I no winning here. Too, what? I have to say that you and I have probably, growing up in the manner that we did in the area we grew up in... Delaware County? probably been in situations that could have potentially gotten us into prison, and we were fortunate and some people uh-huh. are less fortunate and yeah. like less lucky you know even among people that grew up in the same socioeconomic background right so what does that say for the whole of america part of it has to do with circumstance and luck and you can do the same thing and go through the same experiences but not still receive like your penalty or whatever that someone else is probably getting penalized so much more for than like the actual like so-called crime of earth yeah uh, and I know, well, I mean, sometimes I feel like I actually can't even get arrested. Like I do things that I probably shouldn't talk about on this podcast, but. Yeah, but you know what I bet you don't do that? What? You white, young woman. Young and good looking. I'm also good looking. I bet you would get I'm caught skinny. if you shoplifted. Oh, you think if I would? If you shoplifted, you would get caught. I would get that caught. Is like a white woman crime. And do you think I would have gotten. I mean, like shoplifting from like a boutique. And you think I would get arrested? Like, or. I think. Yeah. Really? I think potentially, yeah. Like, in that hmm. situation, if you got caught, I think that you are, like, fit the profile of, like. Someone who shoplifts. That's just a white woman wow. crime. That makes sense. I, I think it, like, shoplifting jewelry. Um, I got accused. You know, I'm not talking about shoplifting food to feed your family. Oh yeah, of course I wouldn't do that. Have a well, family, I mean. Because you don't have any family. Yeah. <laughs> um, perhaps we might be digging ourselves into a, an apology hole right now. Actually. Uh, yeah. Okay, so 
Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about uh, to apologize for was saying um, the word crazy a lot, which is something oh. I say crazy a lot. And you know what? I'm actually clinically not de- – I mean, I'm depressed. I, I, I have, like, some um, forms of mental illness. But, like, the thing is I'm not clinical. Like, I don't have to be on any medication or anything like that. I've been to therapy and stuff. But in any case, it's really insensitive to uh, say the word crazy. Uh, and I just want to – also, it's hard for me to not say it, but I'm really going to be conscious of it and not say crazy. Okay, and I agree that it's definitely a hot-button issue, especially mm-hmm. considering the recent suicides of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, two people who we all imagine to have everything. Right. And we're so nasty that they became depressed and committed suicide. I hope it's not too soon. It is. Um, well, we can include that into the apology of the next episode. If, of the next episode, yeah. You, you could tweet at us apologies. if you could tweet at us if you have apology suggestions for Marine and I. I'm at Beth Heinley, all lowercase, no space, and uh, Marine is at Mocom99. Is that your Twitter handle? I don't have a Twitter. Oh, okay. Well, then uh, I might have one under Mocom99. I'll have to check. I think you might. Out, but I'll get one. Well, I'm you could Twitter. So I'm no President Trump. Well, I mean, it's Twitter is just an easy, transparent way to communicate with people online. And so you can at me, and I'll make Marine set up an account. Or, but the, because I want to get some insults. Yeah. Because that seems to be what happens to celebrities. They get insulted all the time on Twitter. And, I mean, it could contribute to mental illness, if you think about it. Being berated on Twitter by you know, a bunch of fanboys can really affect someone's mental health, I think. Yeah, and I really, like, even though, I mean, I have, I'm fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody who knows me is aware of that. I have, like, a lot of different things going on mental illness-wise, but yeah. um, actually for me, the word crazy doesn't bother me, and I don't find it offensive. Okay. You know, I've had people. Somebody, according to like the law, it depends on the person's perception of what you say, not on the meaning that mm-hmm. you intend. So it doesn't matter because anything we say can be used against us because we're being recorded right now. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I I personally, since I'm not like. Since I've been able to handle my own depression throughout my life, and I've been able to like re- keep it together without um, medication, I'm, it sounds like I'm bragging. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, my birthday, the birthday was off, like when I was twenty. I've been on every one of the antidepressants. I I did. I did cognitive therapy, and that really worked for me. But I what. Yeah. Yeah, that was my um, psychiatrist or psychologist. Not a she wasn't a psychiatrist. Anyway, but like I was like I don't want to be on any drugs because the whole like withdrawal thing. I mean, what about like there's like and then you can like mix it weird and it's like fatal in some ways. Like different um, antidepressants. Like I mean, what? Now, yeah. I'm not saying this is for everyone because uh-huh. I've heard of antidepressants like supposedly having interactions with other drugs, but like 
I've been on antidepressants since I was 20, and I'm 37 now, and I've put no sense in my body, you say that. Yeah. Um, so I haven't had a problem. Yeah. But didn't, um, well, speaking of, like, celebrity, like, suicides, didn't Chris Cornell, like, have a weird mix of um, drugs and accidentally overdosed? And wasn't he dealing with depression? Depression. Now, we should do that. People, people who kill themselves tend to be on SSRIs. Like you, SSRIs means people kill themselves or depressed people just on SSRIs. Well, and then the other thing was like uh, when you come off the medication when you're feeling better and like you want to go off the medication that you could have become suicidal. And and that's why I've never. And that always freaked me out. That's always freaked me out. Too. Yeah. So I've like. Never gone without it for more than like three days. So, I don't know, if you can do cognitive therapy, cognitive therapy is a lot of freaking work, I will say that. It's a lot of bullshit self-help book reading, but believe it or not, the, that stuff really helps, like the exercises to like control, it's all about like controlling the chemicals within your brain through like... Um, positive thinking or and there's like all kinds of mental exercises and also a big part of cognitive therapy is like dream journaling uh, is uh, really therapeutic I got in a whole bunch of Carl Jung and um, learn and you the, the way your subconscious is like constantly trying to help you out you know like in your waking life uh, but it it's really stupid because it's only when you're sleeping um, right. <laughs> so okay. Stupid. All right. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry for saying crazy. Um, the other thing I wanted to apologize no, for. Really stupid apologize. Uh, apology. I'm but, sorry. Anyway. What my apology is stupid. Apologize for saying that it's stupid to apologize for saying crazy. I guess okay. it's like we can't say that and report it. People. No. People have like I have had people like say to me. That's not cool that you use the word crazy so much. I've had people say this to me. And uh, so I just was like, well, let's do an overall apology for it. And then maybe it'll come up again. Um, you know, obviously, I actually make a lot of jokes about mental health that is like really messed up. It's just the way that I deal with it. And it's um, definitely going to be a regular spot in our apology section of the podcast, I feel like, you know. Um, yeah, well, I think most of the things you and I talk about and joke about in, like, a maybe offensive way yeah. are the issues that we are dealing with in our own lives, and yeah. that's just how we deal with them, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, but, like, you always have those people that, like, take everything that, every single word, literally, mm -hmm. and don't know, you know, uh, whatever. Well, I, I guess... offend people by talking 
to be a little flexible. That's what the apology section is for, though. I think it'll be really good. Um, and the other thing, I, just moving along here, because we got in a mental health kind of um, tangent there, but we should definitely do a mental health episode. I also want to apologize for the amount of times I complained about homeless people in the Wawa podcast. Um, I was complaining about homeless people being in the Wawa, around the Wawa, watching me eat lunch and stuff like that. And, you know, just so you know, I am somewhat sensitive to it. I definitely think, uh, being a first world country or person, I definitely am spoiled and don't even know, like, uh, can't even imagine, um, what homelessness must be like and also like I did say in the podcast that I was like I understand that like this is a result of capitalism and our poor uh mental health awareness like in our country and and helping taking care of people um which could also go into this uh hypothetical mental health podcast that we're gonna do in the future but in any case like I uh I, it's awkward, but, uh, I, I have, uh, conflicted, like, viewpoints when it comes to homelessness, and I just wanted to apologize to any homeless people who might have been listening to this podcast, and I also, uh, do give, uh, money, there's also this one program I wanted to highlight in Philadelphia called One Step Away, which is at... One Step Away is great um, because it it employs um, homeless people and then also it's like produced by the community and and it gives people a job and you're giving your money to somebody helping them have work and I think it's a good kind of work for um, a range of homeless people who are either dealing with mental illness or drug or alcohol addiction and uh, I think that it's a really great thing. So I just wanted to highlight that. It's like, it's like a periodical newspaper that creates jobs for homeless people, right? By yeah. Giving that, like, there's ones that write for the paper. Like, you can write for the paper. Yeah. You can sell the paper. It's like a dollar. And you'll see people on the subway. There's someone that stands outside of Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really are the nicest. People. Yeah. They talk to you. They uh-huh. listen to you. Like it, I think it makes everybody feel good, and yeah. I think that more pro- or more programs like that, it's like that's not the right idea. It's like a teacher man to fish kind of thing, and it gives people a sense of self esteem. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't imagine, like you said, like it could happen to anybody. Yeah. And I think with the way the economy is right now, I'm terrified, and I would end up to be one of those people. Mm-hmm. You know, all of us could, and. Um, I think that have thought, like, being in that situation, the things that lead up to that have to be so horrible on your self-esteem no matter what has happened. Right. Um, I think that, like, a huge part of it is just giving someone a sense of purpose every day and just, like, that first step to getting into a regular routine again and feeling, like, the accomplishment of doing something every day because somebody probably hasn't had a job in a while Mm -hmm. who's in that situation, I would imagine. Although, I'm sure there's people that work that can't afford homes. Like, we know that there's a lot of people that work that can't even afford homes. Right. Um, but 
I think it, it, it's a good example of a program that can offer a first step. And I have to say, too, like, that this one is serious to me. Uh-huh. Um, not that prison isn't serious to me, but not that mental health isn't serious to me, but, you know. Well, they're all kind I, of um, there's related. There's funny I can really say about it. And there's, like, a lot yeah. of jokes that, like, people make about, like, it's a bomb. But I feel yeah. like keep that in the joke section. You know, like, this isn't the time for me to make jokes about it. No, well, also, I just felt like, you know, as I was talking about it in the Wawa podcast, I was actually like, I'm literally describing the Wawa Center City experience. And also, though, like, I'm like laughing and it's like not funny. And I'm just, I didn't mean it as a joke. I'm laughing out of the, the darkness of the situation. I have a dark sense of humor. But I do not think uh, being homeless is funny, like, at all. And I just want to apologize for that. So there's that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I don't have any apologies. Yeah. Uh, we're just, we're going we're gonna to have to work on that, Maureen. <laughs> You're going to have to step back and check your privilege. Do some soul, oh, do some soul searching. Um, so, I mean, I guess, th- I guess that's the end of the apology section. Um, I did want to do some, um, cross fact checking on Wawa, doing a Wawa recap. We'll just real quickly, some things that, um, we should have mentioned that we did not mention. And I was like, when I was listening to the Wawa pack podcast, I was imagining Wawa fans, uh, listening and like screaming, like screaming, like, no, bitch! Talk about free coffee day, you fucking bitch! You fucking dumb bitch! Talk about free coffee day! There is free coffee day. Oh my god, there's not only Wawa's in Pennsylvania and Florida, you fucking bitch! You dumb fucking bitch! They're really angry. Um, that's how I imagine Wawa fans. And I just want to say, I, uh, there's free coffee day at Wawa. Now it's not uh, this like same day every year, and also somehow it's always a word of mouth kind of thing. I mean, I'm sure Wawa does like a tweet or something like that. But it's so funny, like all day during free coffee day, like someone on the street, someone somewhere is gonna let you know that it's free coffee day at Wawa. It's gonna happen. Yeah. So that's an important day, uh, and it's because uh, Wawa Coffee, coffee is really important to Wawa. It was actually one of their first innovations from the smaller chains. They were like, you know what, we want to make really good coffee, and uh, th- so coffee is a big deal to Wawa. The other thing I wanted to mention was uh, we didn't talk about hoagie sizes, uh, which is a staple of Wawa ordering, um, especially if you're new to it. You can get the, uh, there's the junior size, which is the smallest size hoagie, and it's about like half the size of it. Well, it's just, it's a bit smaller than half the size of a hoagie. It's like a quarter hoagie. And then, like four inches or something? It's really little. It's really little, but I gotta say, I actually get the junior regularly. I get a junior hoagie for lunch because I just can't, I don't want a huge hoagie for lunch. I'll have to like take a nap or something. Um, yeah, shorty is a great size too. Actually, I mean, sometimes, most of the time, Gus and I, we split a shorty if we're getting a hoagie. Oh my god, so you guys, like, I'm, I'm like the fucking baddest. Shorties uh, like, aren't that... 
And then there's the classic, which is a average hoagie size. And the classics, you know, uh, maybe you're having a big dinner or something. I don't know. The classic is an average hoagie size. And I've actually... Have you... I've never eaten... I don't think I've had, like, a whole classic hoagie before, to tell you the truth. I mean... It would be too much for one person, probably. So that's really important uh, to talk about, which we did not talk about. Also, the other important Wawa thing is that they have uh, the surcharge-free ATMs. That's a huge Wawa service. Now, uh, because as you know, any bodega or convenience store in your neighborhood, you need to get some cash. That's your ATM. Well, guess what? You're going to get a surcharge like a dollar fifty to two fifty. I don't know. Maybe if you're in New York City, yeah, you could get like four fifty. And then, and then on top of that, your bank charges you. So you're spending like five bucks to get five bucks. It's it's kind of it's insane, right? It's oh damn it! I just said insane. God. Yeah, but I think insane's bad too. Anyway, I'm just saying. I really need to think about what a better word is uh, when I'm trying to talk about something that is, uh, doesn't make sense. It's out of this world. So you're saying insane and crazy people just don't make sense? See, that's, that's, therein lies the problem, actually. (laughs) uh, Did I use that figure of speech right? Anyway, the so anyway the free surcharge uh, ATM is is really just I mean it's just beautiful it's really a wonderful thing and it's another reason why people love Wawa of course your bank's probably still gonna charge you um, also yeah also there I mean there's Wawa's we were saying it's like Pennsylvania and Florida there's Wawa's in New Jersey Maryland uh, DC uh, and uh, you could get, you know, all the Wawa amenities. And, and, uh, what? Oh, my God. I can't say it. Amenities? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Amenities? Um, Don't talk about amenities. Uh, uh, so, in any case, there's Wawa's in those states as well. Um, and, oh, this should have went into uh, the apology section. I forgot. I'm, like, looking at my list. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that later. Uh, and then what was, oh, the, uh, it's not Cherokee Indians, um, that came up with that the name Wawa is from and, uh, hold on, uh, because you know what I, oh yeah, it's, uh, the OG, OG Bway Indians. Um, and, oh, uh, oh yeah, that's a good point. All right. Let me see. Um, this is, oh, here it is. Okay. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it for you from, uh, YouTube. Uh, I love how, like, we're just so open about being stupid. It's great. Oh, yeah. I mean, one should be. All right. So. Ojibwe. Ojibwe. Okay. Ojibwe. 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 Okay, so that's the Indian, um, uh, 
language that is used to to for the word Wawa and which I was like because honestly in uh around here I thought it was the Lenape Indians that we pretty much wiped out in Philadelphia area uh and this uh other Indian tribe is actually from uh the north they're not from around here but uh okay whatever though um Probably going to have to add that to the apology section for the next episode. And that's uh, th- that was the only Wawa stuff. I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't talk about the Wawa Welcome to America, which is a – it comes with the Hoagie Fest. Hoagie Fest is like I, – I don't – you get cheap hoagies, and then they have, like, special wrappers for your hoagies for, like, a month or so. Uh, and, uh, here now I'm going to have people, there's all kinds of sales and specials at Wawa during Wawa Hoagie Fest, but, uh, and then the Wawa Welcome to America tour happens here in Philadelphia and it's like a three day music festival. Uh, and I just stepped on my cat. I'm sorry. You just stepped on your cat? Well, I feel like the screen was audible. Oh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear it. Um, uh, Gus almost uh, stepped on our cat this morning too. It's kind of a cat hazards. Um, and yeah, so it's just a three-day music festival that's hosted by Wawa, and it's usually during July Fourth weekend in Philadelphia. So any super Wawa fans, I hate it. I actually do not like the Welcome to Wawa, whatever. Welcome to America, Wawa. You know, I don't know, I but. It's 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 sponsored by Wawa. That's, huh. I mean, I, I at least like five years because it's been sponsored by them since I've been living in the neighborhood, and people like you know like Beyonce has come out and sung for it, and you know they get some big name people, and a lot of people come out. Um, usually, they're like, uh, I don't know. I think it's a pretty dumb thing. Anyway, um, uh, and okay, so that those did you have any Wawa recaps that you felt like there was something you really wanted to talk about that you didn't get to talk about with Wawa? Well, I had two pieces of news over the weekend. Wawa now sells black coffee and cans at some locations. So I got one at a Wawa in New Jersey. Lock Alone Coffee it is, canned. Canned. Yeah, you know okay. the cans that you get at Lock Alone? Yeah, yeah. Wow. They have another one. Nice. Lock Cologne is a. What's that? Sorry. What's that? I'm sorry. Two for five. Yeah, and also it is like Wawa's craft beverage fest, and the, like I guess if you go there and order an iced coffee or something, uh-huh. it's $1.99, which I feel is a good price. Yeah. Um. Can you explain to our non-Delco listeners what uh, La Cologne Coffee is? Uh, La Cologne is a coffee brand that I believe originated in this town, right? Uh, they do. I thought it was like they're they're they were in like Center City. They were in Rittenhouse yeah, Square. Where the first one was. Anyway, it's a Philly um, coffee. Yeah, it's Philadelphia good. coffee, and it is, it's been, it is a really, really good coffee. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. when you go there, it's basically like you don't really put that much in the coffee. 
you know. No, you don't get black. Like, like fancy bullshit, like mm-hmm. frappuccinos. Like they don't have to do that with their coffee. It's just like really fucking good. Uh, there is a La Colombe in Fishtown that um, is new. It's pretty. Um, it's pretty amazing. It's huge, and they also have a, a lot of food like options as well. You can get food really? there. Yeah, like yeah, a fourteen dollar grilled cheese. You can get like a fourteen dollar grilled cheese. Um, I would also say they also have a lot of bathrooms. Huge. I hope this is right, but um, one of the first places that I knew of that used black home coffee was the Black and Brew in Philadelphia, which oh. I was the owner, Colleen Diffusers. Yeah, Black and Brew. That's and where's that located? Place. It's on Pass that Yonk. That is on Pass Yonk uh, in South Philly. Pass Yonk and what, though? I'm not sure. I think it's, it's like... like oh, sorry. Down further, I mean, like, toward this one. Toward it's Mifflin. Like near South Street. But I'm not sure what, um, I'm not sure what Crofter did it. Okay. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, if this, if we were actually getting paid, uh, to do this as an advertisement, um, we would have messed up and probably lost <laughs> our Black and Brew sponsorship. So, if you're listening and you want to place ad space uh, on our podcast, which we would really uh, appreciate, as most people who do podcasts um, do appreciate, is um, sponsorship. So, you know, uh, but Black & Brew is not officially a sponsor of Two Hoes from Delco. Although, Colleen is a hoe and she is from Delco. So. She's a total hoe from Delco. Um, She's a friend yeah, she is a friendly whore. Um, so, that, I think... Oh, anything else besides the La Colombe coffee? Oh, I, I did want to say that the La Colombe... The bathrooms at the La Colombe in Fishtown, they're, they're, they're huge. It's like they have, like, ten stalls. It's and, and it's great. And also, nobody actually uses them. And if you happen to be in Fishtown and you have to take a poop or something like that... It's a really great anonymous bathroom to go to, and all you have to do is buy a cup of coffee. You know, actually, I didn't test it. I did. Yeah, it's a great anonymous bathroom, and I didn't test it. Yeah, but I you might be able to go straight in the bathroom without buying a cup of coffee. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they're like Starbucks like that, and like you know, super super. What's that? You're supposed to do that out when check that out when you're doing bathroom recon. Yeah, I guess well, you're right. We both definitely know that Starbucks you have to buy a cup of coffee if you want to use their bathrooms. That's like um I don't go to Starbucks very much. Near do I. I think they're racist. Uh they are, but they fixed it. They had, like, they took a half a day and closed all the Starbucks and did, like, a presentation to their employees about racism that you don't remember. So it's fixed now. Oh, I didn't realize, I, I mean, I just was, like, saw the protests happening, and yeah. um, I did think it was really messed up that also, not even just Starbucks, but also the police, like, why the hell are they freaking arresting people for sitting in a Starbucks? Being, sitting in a Starbucks. I like mean, so, so re- stupid. 
And how dumb of a cop do you have to be to, like, do that? And first off, I think they were bike cops. And bike cops, they actually oh, yeah, are. Cops. Yeah, they're dumb. Uh, <laughs> Write it down for the apology section. No, I'm not apologizing <laughs> to no fucking cops. Ever. Um, <laughs> I can't get arrested. I, I've told you. I've tried. No, I have seriously have not tried. I have not tried to get arrested. I just feel like I think white women get away with a lot. Like, for instance, like when also I'm into like true crime and stuff like that. And you're like reading about serial killers. Like for centuries, women have been killing people. And it's like they just can't get arrested for it. It's crazy. Oh, damn it. I said crazy again. I said crazy again. All right, let's actually get into the uh, actual episode now. So um, now, and also, I guess we've just spent like uh, 20 minutes. So that's great. Um, on the apology section and the uh, Wawa recap. And then so today, we're finally getting into the episode. And we are going to be talking about Delco folklore and mythology. We're really excited about this. Um, theme music. Theme. Oh, should we do some? I think it's Okay, yeah. Um, all right, so Delco, folklore, and mythology. Um, what? I should apologize for saying um all the time. But it's because I'm, I'm using my brain and thinking about what I'm going to say, and that's why I say um. Um, someone once told me that you should say now instead of us. Now? 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 I've been thinking about this. Now, now, now let's start with, uh, damn it. I just said, uh, that's just now as bad. Now, okay, now Delco, folklore and mythology. I'm going to start with one if you don't. Okay, now, so we're going to start with the Karen estate, which I don't know if that's really considered Delco. Karen that's estate? Pitcairn, P-I-T-C-A-I-R-N. It was like this really, this very wealthy person uh -huh. back, I guess, at, you know, at the end of the 1800s or something at that point in time. Wealthy like person. They had. And supposedly, I think it's like right outside of the northeast of Philadelphia. And, um, I've never been there. There's a church there called the Bryn Aaron Church that he's the guy built like, with their money or whatever. Oh, he's a guy. I thought it was a woman. No, the fun part of the story is that the folklore is that the Pitcairns, like, they have all this land around where the churches and everything. The story is that they inbred to keep the money in the family, so there's, like, all these freaks that live in the woods that will, like, attack you. Um, and it was really funny because I was researching this, and I found uh -huh. nothing about it except, like, one thing on a message board because I was trying to verify, like, my memory of this. Okay. Because um, I remember somebody taking me there. Like, uh -huh. a group of us went there. And when? The 
in the in the nineties. I can't believe 90s. you didn't fucking take me. Are you sure you didn't? We weren't there. It no, with, I, I've like, never been there. I, I feel like it might have actually. Because I'm thinking it was like Jamie, but I'm thinking it might have been like Holly's sister Megan and her boyfriend and me and Holly or something like to be in that area. So this anyway, is before we you and I became happened, best friends. But there's a beautiful church. It okay. Potentially happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, yeah, so there were no freaks that we saw, but apparently it's a long-standing tradition of high school people in this area to go drive there, mm-hmm. um, and see the family freaks. I remember Holly's sister taking us to the drum circle in Philly. Oh, yeah. Which... That's a real thing. That's not even folklore. It might be folklore now. Does it still go on? Mm-hmm. I, not that I know of, and I live by the art museum, but the drum circle was pretty much an open drug market that the cops were in on, and you would go, and you could underage drink and buy any kind of drug you wanted. Like, you can get mushrooms, acid, ecstasy, weed, anything you wanted, and uh, you just went there and, and picked it up. It was literally a circle, and there would be, like, tons of people there. Yeah. And, and like, their drums, it was all hippies, like, people were just, like, sending them away. Send me on my way, like that kind of Send me on my way. Yeah. Do, like do, 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 do. And like do, 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 do. band people. Do, 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 do. Ooh, 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 ooh. I'm just watching my voice in the recorder, and it's funny. Are you? Um, oh, wow. Um, so in any case, and then the cops would be there when you got there. And uh, it was like, they, they were like, hey. Like 10 o'clock on the dot, though. They would let it go on for a couple yeah. hours. One time I was and running. Break it up. I was running from the cops, actually. And a cop was like, uh, you don't have to run. You just have to go. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. But it could have been because I was a good-looking, skinny, white woman. White, and white girl. You're not in jail when someone else potentially would yeah. be in jail for that still. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a part of the drum circle or because of my, my white privilege. It was definitely a heavily attended white thing because it yeah, happened on so for a long time. It was on the art museum lawn, and then yeah, it got the moved to like um, Strawberry Mansion or something. That makes sense. There's a lot of drugs and crime at Strawberry in Strawberry Mansion. The the but actual it was Strawberry still Mansion. The woods. It was still the woods. Yeah, well, Fairmont no, Park like by is the river down there, and like. I just remember going mm-hmm. to, like, a little field in that area a couple times. Yeah. Fairmont Park is huge. There's a lot There's a lot of places to uh, get in trouble at nighttime in the, in the yeah. woods of Philadelphia. Uh, okay. So, well, anyway, yeah, you, like went to to the freak, you went to the freak forest. Yeah. Okay. Have ever gone to the drum circle or if it still happens, I would like to know when I get my Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tweet at Maureen and let her know where the drum circles are. But... Uh, Marine, you better not go to them. No, don't tell me where they are. That's not what I want to know. You I just want to know that they're happening. Still happening. Yeah. I don't need to go to a drum circle. Yeah, you're you are you're of the legal age to like do whatever you want. Um, exactly. It's mostly yeah, it's for teenagers. Anyway, so uh, and so you went to the freak forest. Did and uh, did you run in any freaks? What happened? No, I, I thought I said that already. No, no freaks were seen. But the church is cool. I was I, I was reading about it online. They do like, like the house is like open to the public. Like the mm-hmm. house is like a museum now. Like there's no freaks. 
Uh, there was actually a, so another estate in Delaware County, and I didn't go. I think you went because Joe and Jamie and all of them would go to stuff like this. But uh, Midgetville. Yes, Midgetville. But I thought you were with me. Were you with me the, when we ran out of gas? I feel like I, I one of those places. I feel like I would remember if I went to Midgetville, and I don't remember. I don't even remember if it was Midgetville. I'm not sure. It must have been because it was like in it was like a country kind of area, like pretty open. Definitely but, wasn't Satanville. No, we I never went to Satanville. Mm-hmm. So like, what's Midgetville? So many times with people that I like. I, I, I have memories that my brain made up of Satanville, but I've never, never actually been to Satanville. But people in Delaware County talk about it so much. Wait, let's yeah, cover... Like, you have a picture of it in your mind. Like, it's a church, and all the trees are growing out away from the church. Yeah. Like, because of the satanic rituals that happen there. And you'll get chased off the property by Satanists. That's, right. like, pretty much what happens. Well, you're chasing us because you're a Satanist, not because this is your property. <laughs> there are probably people who live there are like, why do all these teenage kids come here? Like, it's crazy. I almost said crazy again. Oh my God. So now you did. I hate myself. Um, so wait, can you talk about Midgetville, though? Because I don't really understand it. Everyone, it's like a an estate, but everyone's a midget there. Yeah, I don't. The only the only thing I really know about it is supposedly everyone who lives, it's just like a town of midgets, so it's like kind of get little houses and midget little, I don't know, what else? And did you go there? You didn't go there. I don't there. remember. Damn I don't remember. Because I would love to see. that we ran out of gas with midgets, anyway, I never saw any midgets or freaks or anything in any of these places. Where's midget bills? like to freak out and like drive through what we did legitimately scared of midgets like swarming in the car well, yeah. like, I'm sure there were other stories that went along with it of how they were going to kill you or something okay um, and but it's just the whole thing of like oh my god I'm going to get caught and like you're young and yeah. you don't know yet but like you're not stupid um sure uh, and where is midgetville I have no idea okay um I don't know where any of these places are. I never drove to one of them because I didn't drive until I was, like, 23. Um, okay, so then the other – see, and that's also – this is the suburban experience, I feel like, is, like, in high school you just drive around in your car or your boyfriend's car or your brother drives you around like my brother did. And um, that's pretty much what you do when you hang out. And another drive-by uh, hangout thing that we would do that I – like almost all the time was go drive by old man porch man and old man porch man is an old man who sits on his porch all the time 
and he's always there um, on his porch. And it and it just is We're funny. Going on Vermont Road or something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and and it's not just me. Like I've talked to other people. Like not just me and you and our group of friends. I've talked to other people from like who are older than me who know about Old Man Porch Man. And of course, Old Man Porch Man is no longer living, so you can't go see him. But the uh, story behind Old Man Porch Man was that his son died in Vietnam, and he's sitting on the porch waiting for his son to come home, and he never leaves the porch. And that's, that's the I Old Man. I don't think I knew that story. I thought he was just like a grumpy old man. Wouldn't uh, know that story. That's the myth that uh, mythology that was relayed to me as to why he's always sitting on the porch is because he's waiting for his son to come back from Vietnam, who was and he was his son died in Vietnam. That's pretty sad. It is, um, and uh, and I guess like I just like the goddamn fresh air. <laughs> well, I mean, what I really liked about Old Man Porch Man though is like the. It was, he was so reliable. Like you would tell someone about it or talk and he was just always on the porch and it was, uh, it was really, that's, I really, I really like the, his reliability as a, um, you know, mythological figure. You want to go, you, you let's knew go. he would be there if he took your there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. of course now he's definitely dead because he was old then. So, um, other. Uh, he could have been like 80 in that long. And now he's a hunter. Maybe he's still... No, I'm actually pretty sure he's dead. A moment of silence for old man porch man. Old just, man porch man. Just a moment because um, dead air is is really not good for podcasts that I've read. I've read about that. And now I would like to talk about Monkey Island, which is... Dude, I looked that up and I cannot find any information about it. And that's because... It's a myth. I didn't know about it. It's mythology. You can't. Oh, I mean, mythology. Maybe in like a deep Reddit thread, you can get into some real mythology from the '90s. But honestly, like from our childhood, we're it. We're the last source. It's not on the internet. You know. Of course, probably right, people weren't yet. You know. I mean, there was yeah. chat rooms. You could yeah. chat room about it, but who has those archives? The government. But would it, no, the government doesn't have AOL chat room They're archives. They're having all of the folklore and mythology. But also, you sure. wouldn't, uh, you, that's the last thing you would do about talking about Monkey's Island when you were like seven or eight, and that is log on to the internet and chat room with somebody on AOL about it. Like, you're just not going to do that. You would probably you be. Would you, you would go there. Um, or you would be scared to go there, but those are Monkey's classes. Island wasn't scary. Okay, let me tell you about it. it. So I, my grade school, I went to Armour Avenue until um, I was like in fourth grade. And so uh, Lansdowne, by the way, has like a lot of weird um, woods that like are, it's kind of like, because it is a suburb and it's like, you know, there's a lot of houses, but there are, there's like a sliver of woods around Darby Creek, which runs through the suburb, and um, one way Tom and I would walk home from school, I mean, mostly because Tom got bullied a lot, okay, but he also, he got bullied, it was, it's not funny, and also he got, it was sad, because it was a girl who would bully him, the same girl every day, 
And so Tom and I started uh, shortcutting through the woods so that we could avoid this bully. And um, the part of the, the shortcut was going through the sewer tunnel because like a part of the creek was like right across the street from our school. And you would go, um, there was a sewer tunnel. It wasn't that long. Um, like, you know, it wasn't that scary to go through it because you could see the other side. And you would go through the sewer tunnel and on the other side, there was a, it was like an old, it was like an abandoned lot, you could say. Like, I guess it would be like maybe an acre of land. And, but it was surrounded by trees and there was an island in the middle of it. And the, the creek that ran through the sewer, like, um, uh, you know, split and went around this island and then met on the other side and then the creek kept on going under and that's where you would like and there there was like a uh, fence and you would have to like hop over the fence but we would cut through this acre of land but also it was like so idyllic back there like because it was beautiful and it was also like it was like going through a porthole in the sense where you would go to monkey's island and there was like all of a sudden there was no sound anymore like you were in the middle of the woods, surrounded by trees. There was also um, a lot of butterflies uh, at certain times of the year. And, like, I, I seriously, that's how I remember Monkey's Island. You would go through the sewage hole, come back, and then we would, like, skip between the island. We would, like, run between the island and the other side of the creek and jump across, and there was butterflies. And it was so beautiful. And not only us, I don't even know who told us it was called Monkey's Island. Because the name just existed. And again, Monkey's Island is another mythological place in Lansdowne, Pennsylvania, that across generations, for at least a decade, people know, know about Monkey's Island. Yeah. Um, and then there was a point in time where the owner of this property was like aware that children were playing there. And I guess to uh, probably to prevent like anyone getting hurt or anything like that, they were they they got in touch with our school and were saying, hey, you know, we think your students are playing in our lot and we don't want them there. This is private property. So then what happened was um, my school started to set up safety patrol. Now you remember safeties. Everyone's had safeties in their school. You know, those nerds who have like the yeah. neon orange. Um, what would you, it's like a belt, but it's like over the shoulder belt. Like a sash. It's like a sash. I'm sure there's like an official safety belt word for like that. A belly word. Yeah, but I, uh, we're going to have to apologize for that next week. <laughs> Good one, Maureen. Um, girl, so, girl. and like, so, and I remember the principal going over the PA and be like, uh, we're now putting safety patrol around monkey's island so if any of you kids go to that property you're going to get caught by the safeties and then you're going to get detention blah blah blah. um of course that day uh my brother and i were like no way why are they safeties would not do that because it's after school hours right because like they're kids they have to go home like like the the school is is high, like they they're not even hiring they don't pay these safeties that the school's having safeties patrol the like freaking uh you know monkeys island after school like that is so messed up we were we did not believe that it was true we thought it was just like them um whatever so we go and tom and i go through the tunnel 
And we're like, yeah, and we're about to enter Monkey's Island. And next thing you know, a safety jumps down. They were like, <laughs> they were waiting for us in Monkey's Island. They were stationed there. Yeah, well, no, but they jumped down. And I just remember my brother turning around and going, safety. And then, like, we, like, ran and we booked it. And um, obviously, uh, the principal was not bluffing, and he did have safeties patrolling Monkey's Island. And I never went back after that day because I didn't want to get detention. And also, we did get away. The safeties did not catch us. Um, still not a prison. Yeah, still. You know, I doubt I would have gotten arrested, though. I still think that they probably would have let me go. Um, probably. probably. Once, actually, speaking of like just off track here but there was a time we would uh so this like marshall road park i think it's called but it's like down at the yeah, end of strapper uh, no no it's a it's a park at the end of strapper avenue where strapper avenue dead ends in lansdowne and it's again it's an extension of the darby creek and it's the part of the creek that runs behind the lansdowne swim club but in any case like it's where, you know, teenagers would go hang out and drink. And I was a, I was like 14, actually. Like, it was right before going to high school. I was in eighth grade. And I went there to go drink. And, uh, of course, we got busted by the cops. Now, I was with my guy friend. And the cops let me go. And they actually handcuffed this kid who was, like, 14. I'm not going to talk about it because they're actually a prominent um person today who is on the uh united states uh olympic team for rowing so yeah, I know who it is. yeah. uh <laughs> prestigious uh lansdowner but in any case they are they like handcuffed this kid he was 14 maybe 13 actually because we were like in eighth grade and then and then they were like um no, he was freaking out. I felt really bad for him because then with then they turned to me and they went, you can go home. And I was like, oh, my God, it's because I'm a girl. They let me go. They let me yeah. go. And, um, and I felt, like, really, really bad because, you know, if you get caught and then, you know, I mean – you're, I was doing the same thing as this kid. I felt really bad. But then that was like my first like, wow, I guess, you know, <laughs> being an attractive <laughs> white woman, really. <laughs> I got these bumps on my chest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, well, and you, not even, because, you know, I mean, you were friends with me in high school. I didn't get boobs until I was like 15. So not even. Yeah, me neither, though. Flat chested. Um, anyway, so... That's Monkey's Island, and that's definitely another one. Another driving your car thing, though, outside of, you know, away from that. But, like, uh, my brother Tom and I used to drive uh, his car. Oh, my goodness. I forget what the road is that goes down um, by Hoffman Park. But uh, it's, like, Union and, like, Providence. But it's not, Prov it's not Providence Road, though. It's the road right before that. And in any case, you, you drive your car there, and then there's a bridge um, that goes over the creek, and, and, you, and that's where you cross over to get to Providence Road, and it's like a back road to Providence Road. In any case, uh, if you go to that bridge between the hours of 10 o'clock and midnight, and we tried different times of night to do this, 
you go to the bridge and you before you cross the bridge you stop your car and you honk your car three times and yeah and if you uh and then apparently a bloody uh ghost appears either in front of your car or behind your car if you do this between these times a day and uh we we've done this and actually we never saw a bloody ghost um but there is a ghost uh television show about this section of Lansdowne uh, there was like a ghost hunter show and uh they covered it and basically there actually was a car accident there in like the 50s where these teenage boys there was three of them they and they all died in the crash and apparently that's why it's suspected that this area of the road is haunted and if you and this whole honking the horn three times is obviously somehow throughout the storytelling the folklore obviously the three times represents the three boys who were killed and the fact that you see a bloody ghost i mean i'm sure they had a bloody death it was you know pretty bad and uh that's that one there's actually a lot of ghost stories in Lansdowne. um i so what about that house your friend lives in yeah and, and that is actually too there's um a well-documented haunted house, uh, and basically, I'm. It's on Lansdowne Avenue, and I'm not going to say exactly what the address is in case, like, there's some ghost fanboys out there who like um, would go and like bother my friend's family. So I don't want to do that. But people who live in Lansdowne, we all know the house is haunted, and basically, that was like. Uh, apparently, there was like a handicapped girl that was. Uh, lived in the attic their whole life and they had a short painful um life and this is like in the uh late 19th century into the 20th century and then they died at the house and apparently this this uh handicapped um uh girl haunts the house and now there's like uh, more about the story, like, for instance, they had, like, psychics come in and and uh, cleanse the house, and this was, like, in, uh, I think it was, like, the 70s, they had a psychic come through and cleanse the house, and my friend Heather, oh, crap, I just said, I just said her name, god damn it, anyway, the, I, someone's gonna have to really find out who my friend Heather is, anyway, so, uh, when their family moved in later and we're talking about they're all babies and the parents said that, and this was a story they told their children, which I think is really messed up actually. This is child abuse. Um, because they uh, said that one night her father said one night that he heard um, a little girl saying, Mommy, Mommy, up in the attic where the where actually where their bedroom was and he went up to the attic because he thought one of the children were awake and he got up there and everybody was fast asleep. Wow, so. that sounds like oh, not very reliable story. What so this is a real a story. Child, he heard a child uh -huh. saying mommy from the bedroom his children were in and then when he went in there they were acting like they were asleep. I don't feel like that's proof of a ghost. No, you're wrong, because okay. because 
they, uh, you know, he told them the story and to the be like, hey, were you saying mommy? And they were like, no, because the next morning when they were at, when they were when they were in breakfast the next morning and they said, no, I didn't. So. Anyway, that house is still haunted. OK. And it would make sense because the. A uh, handicapped little girl would do that. She would probably be up there in the attic being like, Mommy, Mommy, because like she can't walk or anything like that and needs help. Well, I, and so if you're I haunting the house. Really making assumptions about the type of handicap that this young lady had. Uh, she was in a wheelchair. That was for sure. Because uh, that's sure. The, the psychic. <laughs> the psychic said so. Um, oh. Okay. Whatever. The house is haunted. Well, I found it more compelling when you told me about like the little chandelier swinging and right, like or what's that? Sitting like a big hutch fall and a, you know big heavy piece of furniture fall in the house or something. Like, didn't the girl see things in the house? Our friend, or yes. you know what? Uh, you're gonna have to tell this part because I don't remember what. I just I, I have big memories of stories about like her like being classic ghost story things in the house. Like a big giant piece of furniture fell over, all mm. on someone, and I don't know, it's been bullshit. That's messed up. Why would a little handicapped ghost girl throw furniture on people? I don't know, because now she has the power to do so. Ooh. I mean, she obviously was angry if she's haunting the house. Yeah. I could be confusing this with like a thousand other ghost stories. I don't fucking know. Pro I mean, but how many... People, do you know that grew up in a haunted house? Though, I mean, I only know one person. It's a problem that we we both have this problem. Um, huh. Well, okay, whatever. The, there is actually uh, a book of like ghost stories. At the Lansdowne Library, there's actually a book about this house, and uh, maybe we'll, when we do the recap fact check, I'll tell you what the title of the book is, and you can go you can go get it and read about these ghosts. Uh, another ghost story. Okay, this is this is okay. Let me see if you like this one. Uh, now the current maybe I shouldn't talk about this because it it involves political officials of the Lansdowne district. But in any oh. case, I won't get into specific names just in case somebody doesn't want to be associated with ghosts who's who's like a prominent politician, you know, because then people might not trust you, right? If you, right. If you believe in, if you believe in the supernatural. If you believe in the supernatural, it makes you be like, you know, maybe you don't want to elect that person because you don't... It hurts their credibility. Right. So, but in any case, the whole point was there was a, there's a house... Um, and this house is on, well, it's, okay, well, what, okay, it's on Baltimore Avenue, right before the Lansdowne Swim Club, on the right-hand side of the street, right before you cross that, um, there's, like, a bridge that goes to Hoffman Park. You're about to go over Darby Creek, so it's, like, Baltimore Avenue butting up against Darby Creek. You know, there's that Kmart up there. Um, yep. there's a row of, uh, row homes to the right hand side, right before the woods cut off into the parking lot of the swim club. And the last, yep. um, house, and this was like, this is 
I read it in the papers. This is like 100% fact here. Um, the owner of the house killed themselves in the basement, committed suicide. Um, and I believe they hung themselves or something like that. So, and it was written up in the papers because it was actually, I guess they didn't have a lot of friends or housekeeper or something like that. But the way that the body was discovered was through smell because they, yeah. their body was there decaying for so long, um, before they were, um, found. So, uh, in any case, they, you know, moved everything out, put the house up for sale, uh, somebody else bought it and landlord, um, you know, rent, rents it out or whatever. The people, the people who bought it don't live there and they rent it out. And, um, this person was actually canvassing the neighborhood with like, uh, pamphlets for election season, which is, you know, like dropping off, like, Hey, vote for this Senator, vote for this, you know, person. And, uh, so they were canvassing the neighborhood and they went to this house and uh, the house was empty. And then because uh, when they were going to put a pamphlet on, on the front door, there was a note like taped to the front of the door. And it said on the note, landlord, you lied. Dead man walks in basement at night. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, and this is, this is a, this is 100%, this is a true story. So whoever, like the person who killed himself uh, still haunts that house. And it's, you know, the house was cleared out. He said that, you know, or she, they, they said oh. that the house was cleared out and, um, uh, it was that, the, the note, that note was left for, for the landlord. So I guess they weren't paying they were breaking their lease because the house was haunted. I suppose that was the reason why they left the note. That was the reason that, yeah, because uh, I guess it was shortly after the person committed suicide and everybody lived in, everyone who lives around there knows that. And so people were afraid to move in because, and I guess the landlord was like, what are you talking about? It's fine. No. Um, and so apparently, uh, the problems with, uh, the ghost at this thing, at this certain place is that he walks back and forth in the basement at nighttime. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of ghost stories sound more annoying than, uh, threatening. Right. I mean, I don't know about this handicapped girl hutch throwing ghost, but this guy just walks back and forth at nighttime, but apparently it's creepy enough. Nobody wants to be listening to that, so. I guess, I guess not. Um, I, what about what about you? Do you have any Upper Darby specific mythology? No, pretty much there was the Gosworth, and you could probably get raped if you went there at night. That's where our teenagers also went to drink, and the ones called it the Goth, which I wasn't. And I've never drank at the Gosworth. And, um... That's that sad. That cool. That's sad. Uh, yeah, super yeah. sad. Super you really sad. missed out. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, and then there was, like, I remember um, supposedly a gang called the Sunshine Gang, because there's a street in Upper Darby called, like, Sunshine Street or something. Mm -hmm. All kinds of, you know, just that kind of shit. What does the really Sunshine like, Gang do? Oh, uh, they were, like, a gang of kids that were bad. Oh, Okay. 
How are they, they bad? They drank. They drank. They probably drank or something. Drank underage. Like, maybe would threaten to beat you up. That's hardcore. Yeah. And they're also people who's there. Um... Also so what? What is it? Oh, Pika's Pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a legend, though. It's not a myth. It's a legend, and it's also sure. not a folklore because it exists. We could go there, and you know, one day in the future, we will go there and do a whole episode on Pika's because it deserves That's that. Exciting. It sure does. Um, speaking of Tina Fey, is from Upper Darby. There's a yeah. again. Uh, a legend, not the a myth. Yeah. If you're into that brand of comedy, um, I've never watched Thirty Rock. Um, oh, I like it. And I also I find her Delco accent on SNL annoying and not at all. Well, it is annoying. But people don't talk like that. They like exaggerate it in a way that is really weird. I think there are people that do talk like her, and I think the funniest part for me of watching those skits is mm -hmm. watching the other people try to impersonate a Delco accent, and no one can fucking do it. That no is, that's, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it that's like the funny part. It, like, like, a Jamaican accent, or, like, a British accent, or, like, an Australian a lot of the time. Uh, there, and there is a specific Delco accent. That is is tough to harness. I guess to me it just sounds so exaggerated when they do it, and I'm like, wow. Do I really yeah, sound like that? I feel like hers is more like the Delco like moms and like South Philly kind of. It is. It's like a. Um, uh, it's like an, an evolved. Well, evolved isn't a good word to use, but it's a. It's derived uh, from the South Philly accent, the Delco accent. It definitely is. Yeah, except lazier. It's like, yeah, it's like lazier. Yeah. It's a really lazy accent. Um, it really does not sound intelligent at all. I had a boss tell me in uh, my first job that I worked at out of college that I had to, like, turn down my accent, which I probably could have sued him. Yeah, you could have sued him. today. I would have like, oh, I'm offended. Yeah. You're at your Delaware County is. Um... Now, I should say, now. I, uh, I'm i a little disappointed in you at this well, point. Well, there's really not that much other to talk about about these stories. And I don't, like, Upper Darby does not have as rich of a history as far as ghost stories as Lansdowne. It's not as old, you know, it's like smaller houses, there's throw rooms and twins. Um, Upper Darby's not as old as Lansdowne? I don't think so. It's not like, no. Lansdowne no, used to be. We don't have old trees like oh, yeah, that yeah. so much. And, like, the sycamore we tree. We don't have those houses that were like 100 years old, like back when we were in, like, you know, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. Built at the end of the 18th century. Like, Upper Darby, not so much. I feel like it came up more in the next, like, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like our house was like 80 or 60, like 60 or 80. You know what I mean? I can't so, believe... Uh, more of like a working class kind of like you didn't have that spooky kind of feeling. It had more of like a you're going to get maybe beat up feeling. Hmm. Okay. 
Well, there is actually, there's a true crime mystery going on in, in uh, Upper Darby that I was following. Yeah, um, it's, uh, you know what, I feel bad because I, we should do a true crime uh, topic podcast, but I forget the, I think her name is Dim, Dimaggio, or it's not Dimaggio, like the baseball player, it's, it's like some Italian last name-ish, but um, you know what, they might actually be from Drexel Hill and not Upper Darby. It's it, it's this young woman, she's a mother, she's been missing since 2014, and uh, and she just like disappeared from her home. She's gone. Now, she did have uh, drug problems, like she was a, a ex-heroin addict who could have very possibly went to Kensington and did heroin and died, and yeah, her body's... Were, yeah, but uh, any case, she's been, but the, the thing is that they're like, they think is suspicious is the fact that like she had a child and she left her son and the parents are like, um, you, she wouldn't do that. She wouldn't leave her son. Um, and the reason why I found that case was because there was a body found in Ridley Creek State Park, uh, and it's an unidentified body and, uh, they first suspected that it was this missing woman and uh it's since been ruled out that it's not her but but they still haven't identified the body at ridley creek state park um to me though again that case is is uh it's strange because they had the body was found with like jewelry and it's like specific type of jewelry like there's a colada ring so obviously this person was Irish. Irish. Um, they have a ring with their initial on it. It's the initial, uh, a C initial on the ring. Um, it's very specific jewelry. And I'm like, I can't believe they haven't identified who this person was. And But they were also traveling with like two sleeping bags and like, uh, like, uh, winter clothing, like heavy winter clothing. So another thing, obviously they were probably camping out there. So they could have been a homeless person. And, um, I guess, you know, we're coming full circle here because we, uh, I'm about to have to apologize again about homeless people, but, um, because she was homeless, you know, I guess nobody is missing her. So she, I mean, yeah, but that, but like, I guess, I don't know. I wonder what that's like to have a family member or a person you're close to, to be like that cut off from your family and friends that nobody even reports you missing or is looking. And also they did like, they tested the bones of uh, the body. And this person is specifically from this area, which I think is really creepy that they could do that. They could be like... They can, I, they can, uh, from your bone DNA, they, they, they could tell that you were raised in a certain area of the United States. And this person, yeah, it is insane. And this person, damn it. We just said insane again. That's out of this world. Okay. That's out of this world. It's fascinating and, and unbelievable. And, uh, yeah, so in any case, I'm, I'm just like, really, uh, I've been watching this case and I, uh, you know, I think it's, it's probably, this, like, probably a homeless molecular person. Molecular biology episode. Yeah, we should do a molecular biology episode. 
Um, in any case, so I guess I guess we're we covered. I mean, oh, the sycamore tree in Lansdowne. You mentioned that briefly. Anyway, everyone, there's a sycamore tree that is really old in Lansdowne. It's um, it's uh, roughly dated back to the uh, 1600s. The sycamore tree. So that is an old ass tree, and they uh, actually, I my friends actually lived. Um, in the house that was attached to this tree at one point in time. And, uh, yeah. and I used to play on this tree all the time, but now since then th you're not allowed to climb the tree now because it's like protected by bars and, and they like, people will yell at you if they see you have your kids on the tree because, uh, apparently the branches are sprawl way out. It's like a old sycamore. They sprawl way out, way out and, when I was little, we did play on it, and because it's so tempting, it's a very easy, easily climbable tree. Um, and that the house I was attached to it too. I remember you would go in the basement, and the tree was like growing in the house. It was crazy. Damn it! God damn it! Yeah. Mother fucking shit! Yeah. I said crazy again. Uh, um, I uh, so yeah, in any case, guess what? That house was haunted too. Actually. Yeah, actually, uh, what would happen at this house, uh, was their chandelier in the dining room would sway sometimes. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of with the other house. Yeah, I, ghosts do that. They, they move chandeliers and make them sway. Um, but anyway, they tore down the house because the tree was so important the tree was growing into the house, and the, and the house was, like, killing the tree. So the town cared more about the tree than the house. So they knocked the, the house down, and the house is no longer there. Um, and I actually have a really odd memory of the sycamore tree because I remember uh, my friend, her, her mom's sister was getting married, and they had a bachelor party for her. And it was outside because it was a nice uh, summer day. And they had a male stripper come to the party and uh, take off his clothes, you know, except for his underwear. And wow. dance, dance all around, um, you know, the bachelor, at, the bachelorette and uh, the tree. And I can see her now with uh, that man with the thong underwear dancing around her and the sycamore tree. In the background. Um, we weren't supposed to watch, but I was like, you guys are outside in the front lawn. You have a male stripper on your front lawn. Like, come on. Uh, come I feel on. Like that would not happen today. Really? I think it would happen. You could do it today. We should do okay. it. We should do a reenactment. We should hire a male stripper to come out to the yeah. sycamore tree in Lansdowne. That would be really... Like fun, and since I'm an artist, I could like spin that into an art project. And yeah. you know, I also that you that's no. I mean, again, I don't think it would get me arrested uh, because I would the cops would come and I would be like, "Hi, I'm a good-looking, skinny white woman who is an artist, and this is a performance art piece. And no, I do not have a permit uh, to do this." But I didn't know I had to get one. And then they'd be like, oh, you have to get one. And then I'd be like, 
oh, I didn't know that. You, okay, well, you're going to have to tell this stripper to go home now. And then I'll be like, oh, I will. I'm so sorry. Uh, and that's how it would end. I wouldn't even get fined. Probably. Probably, probably not. Um, any case, probably so, not. Uh, I keep on saying in any case as well. Uh, now, I think I should apologize for that. For what? For saying in any case over and over again a lot. I don't even know if that's for right now. Hmm. You're really groveling a lot. Groveling? Groveling. Oh, you know what? Uh, talking to you on the phone, this is so weird. It reminds me of high school. Like, because well, yeah, we would talk on the phone. Too. Yeah, we would just talk on the phone all the time. Which reminds me of, do you remember the... Uh, talking on the phone with me in high school and then hearing in the background, he... I don't even know I'm doing it as good. He... Can yeah. you do it? No. I feel like you would do it better than me. Come on, do the E-girl. No. <laughs> yeah. There was, a, there was a little girl lived behind me who ha was autistic and uh, she liked to scream the letter E really loud. Goes along well with what we had that for earlier. We should apologize for this next week. And uh, and also though, uh, it made her feel comfortable, but when you would talk to me on the phone in high school, it was like a the just the average thing you would hear in the background was this little girl yeah. screaming. And every I would, day she was out there. Every she day. Yeah, I mean, every day. She liked being outside. And, uh, well, we assume she liked being outside. We don't know. No, we have would we? And uh, you really, we don't know. She could be haunting that house to this day. She could be. She probably is still alive. Um, I know. <clears throat> all right, so, all right, let's just. Let's just let's just end this um, podcast right now. Let's end it. Goodbye. So, yeah, I mean, do you have any closing statements, Maureen, about Delco uh, folklore and mythology? Uh, no, no, no. Just that your neighborhood was much richer than mine was. It was. It was richer. <laughs> I did always feel more wealthy than you. Also, speaking about how also the Silver Linings Playbook was uh, filmed in my neighborhood because That's we're true. so rich and wealthy, I, except in the movie, they depicted Lansdowne uh, not very wealthy seeming. What? Working class. And Robert De Niro had a Brooklyn accent in the movie and it really annoyed me because I was like that is not how anyone sounds even in Philadelphia uh Bradley Cooper's Delco accent is really good although is he's from like Norristown so he knows how to speak uh Delco. yeah and I thought uh Jennifer what is that girl's name Jennifer Connolly no Hi. Jennifer Lawrence yes Jennifer Lawrence she was good too Little, it was okay. It. <laughs> you haven't seen the Silver Linings Playbook? No, I know. It's really, it's really sappy. 
It's not. Yeah, it's not good. It's like right. a Hollywood yeah. movie. It's really sappy. I just enjoyed watching it because uh, it's cool to see your hometown on the big screen. It's cool. Cool. Uh, Lanark cool. Diner. Lanark Diner's in it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Pre- that. Prendy's in it. Probably one of the beautiful landmarks in the area. Uh. Lansdowne, the Lansdowne Theater that doesn't exist really, but the marquee's still there. That was in it. Yeah. And yeah, it yeah. and they were like pretending it was like. Um, was the in the movie? Yeah, they were they were pretending it was functioning. That's funny. Uh, actually, I got accused for shoplifting around there recently. There's a coffee right. shop. Yeah, there's a coffee shop there, and uh, it's a uh, it was an Asian woman, I think. She, uh, uh, there, she's Chinese or Korean. I don't know. I'm probably going to have to apologize for this. But, uh, it was funny. I went in and this young girl, young white girl, you know, got like, I ordered a mocha, right? And, uh, she was like, okay. And then I paid for the mocha and then she went to go make the mocha. And then I went to go to the bathroom and I came out from the bathroom and the young woman gave me my uh, mocha. And then the owner, which was this uh, Chinese woman, went, yelled at me and said, did you pay for that? And I said, uh, yeah, I paid for it. And I was like, the girl was like right there. And I was like, yeah, she rung me up. And the girl just kind of looked at me like kind of terrified and didn't stick up for me and say, yeah, she did buy this. She didn't say anything. And then the woman, the owner was like, what? Like, oh, you had to pay. You didn't pay for that. Blah, blah, blah. blah. And I said, like, I did pay for it. And then she's like, you gotta pay. And like, it was like really weird. And then I just started to step away like back up and I was like I'm leaving and I paid for this bye and I left (laughs) and uh I still didn't get arrested for that because I didn't I didn't actually pay for it really no I did I paid for it I did oh okay uh so next week you know we'll apologize for stuff we'll probably talk about we'll we don't know what we're going to talk about. Maybe we should do Delco True Crime. We could do that. Or we could do something else that will be a surprise. People love True Crime podcasts. Like me, for instance. Yeah. I know people do. I never got into them, but people do love them. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you. I get too freaked out. Anyway. That's all. Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially for this long. I think our this uh, episode's an hour and a half long. I like long podcasts, though. Yeah, if you get interested in the conversation. Uh, We probably lost a lot of people. Podcast! (laughs) All right, signing off. Happy Delco Mythology Folklore Day to you all, which is today. From Delco! 2018. It's Happy Delco. It's the first annual Happy Delco Folklore Mythology Day. Everybody's Hashtag gonna be up in that Bye. Forest.